Hi everyone, welcome to Meet the Podcasters. This is James Dini. My guest today is Sal De Stefano. Sal is one of the hosts of Mind Pump, which is among the most popular health and fitness podcasts in the world right now, with well over a million downloads every single month. Described as Howard Stern meets fitness, Mind Pump is all about exposing the truth about health and nutrition. And that's important because the fitness industry is still full of pseudoscience, snake oil, and questionable workout programs aggressively pushed by Instagram influencers. Being fed up with the status quo, Sal got together with his co-hosts Justin Andrews and Adam Schaefer, and they started using their combined years of experience as personal trainers and gym owners to set the record straight. Mind Pump cuts through all the fitness industry BS with science-backed solutions that actually deliver results, and that's something I can vouch for myself as listening to the show has really helped me progress in my own training. But that aside, I've also paid close attention to how the Mind Pump team approach podcasting. They've been prolific in terms of their output, releasing new episodes on an almost daily basis, and they've also done a lot of experimentation over the years to optimize their processes. So it was a real privilege to have a chance to speak to Sal about that side of their operation. In this episode, we discuss strategies for presenting complex information in a way that's both engaging and easy to understand. We cover one of the most common misconceptions that trips a lot of people up when they're thinking about starting a podcast with friends, what it means to be truly authentic as a podcast host. We compare and contrast podcast hosts versus Instagram celebrities in terms of the degree of influence they have on their audience. Sal outlines Mind Pump's philosophy and approach to podcast advertising and the importance of partnering with brands that have integrity and are a good fit for your listeners. We talk about how to build a sense of community around your podcast, how the Mind Pump team prepare in advance of each of their recordings. And finally, Sal gives his thoughts on one of the most commonly overlooked things when it comes to getting good sound quality for your podcast. As always, you can find the links to the resources we mentioned in this episode on the podcast.co website, so be sure to check those out. But for now, let's get into the conversation. Today, I'm joined by Sal Stefano. Thanks for coming on the show, Sal. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So I've been listening to Mind Pump for a while now, and every now and then I'll hear snippets of how the podcast started and what it was like in the early days. So could you give us a bit of an insight into Mind Pump's origins and what things were like when the four of you were just starting out initially? Absolutely. So we were all very experienced um, in the fitness uh, space. All of us were trainers and managers and gym owners for about two decades before we all kind of got together. So that's really the bulk of our experience um, towards the end of my, uh, you know, my fitness, if you would, career. If I'm not counting the podcast, because the podcast is still fitness, um, I had created an online uh, fitness program, a workout program, and I had created it with my at the time uh, partner and and you know client uh, Doug, who's now our producer. Mm-hmm. So Doug and I put together this workout program and put together some online content for it, and I had. N- known of uh, Adam Schaefer at the time. Adam is one of my co-hosts. I had known of him because him and I both worked in uh, in the space and, in, and we, we worked in similar circles. A lot of people knew both of us, but n- we ne- had never really met each other. But I'd heard a lot of good things. And I had seen what he was doing on social media at the time. He was trying to build a bit of a following to, to pivot, to build his own business. So I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to ask uh, Adam his opinion on my you know, on what he thinks about my online fitness content. Because again, I had created mm-hmm. this, this workout program and some marketing material. So I contacted him and sent it over to him. He loved it. Uh, we got on the phone. And um, in through conversation, that's kind of when we decided we should all meet and discuss uh, doing something together. And podcasting was, was thrown around. So when we all finally met, when I finally met Justin, who was uh, Adam's uh, partner at the time, and, uh, you know, we all sat down and started talking. The chemistry was great. All of us really, um, you know, it's like when you meet people and you can, there's certain people you could just sit down and have a conversation with for, you know, four hours, no problem. That's what it mm-hmm. was with the four, with, with all of us together. 
and we all had very similar um, values and ideas of, of uh, what we thought of the, the fitness space, what we thought of podcasting, why we liked podcasting as a medium more than other mediums. And uh, we all decided that that's what we would do. Um, so we started a podcast. Luckily, Doug had uh, recording equipment. Um, it, was, it wasn't his job, but it was definitely a, a, a interest and hobby of his. So he had all the equipment. So we, yeah, that's handy. Yeah, so we recorded our first podcast. And we had zero experience. I mean, we had no media experience whatsoever. None of us had ever really done anything in front of cameras or, or on microphones. I mean, I did the marketing material for... The first fitness, uh, you know, the, the fitness program that I created, but that was that was it. So we had zero experience, but what we did have was decades of experience talking about fitness to everyday people, like our clients. Um, and what you do, what what ends up happening over years of of as a trainer of working with people, is you learn how to really communicate fitness effectively in ways that really gets people to want to make meaningful changes to their lifestyle and you know you you just learn you learn how to say the information in a way to where people can really receive it um and so that's what you heard on the podcast in the, initially what you heard was you know three terrible podcasters but who <laughs> knew how to communicate fitness really really well and the good thing about podcasting is you know it it, it really it really lends itself well to people who have Lots of uh, knowledge uh, and depth uh, and experience on the subject they're going to talk about. Because you figure a podcast is, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half long. You you need to know your stuff. People are listening. They're not distracted by watching video or watching animations or anything like that. Um, so it really works well for people who know uh, what they're talking about and who can communicate it uh, well. And it's it works really great for for subjects that, you know, require long form. And, mm. you know, for us, you know, when you're talking to somebody about changing their, their, you know, some certain fundamental behaviors, like how you eat, how you exercise, it, you know, some people think it sounds simple, but obviously it isn't. Uh, people struggle with it all the time. So it's, it's a long conversation. It's more than just, you know, a, a 30 second snippet or whatever, you know, podcasting just worked really well for us. And then the other part that worked well was that um, there were no barriers to enter. You know, we we didn't have to qualify our ourselves with a, with sponsors necessarily. We didn't have to get approved by an editor, um, so we could get on the microphones and really tell the truth as we saw it. And we could also speak the way we speak uh, with each other, which is sometimes we throw in some cuss words and we're very <laughs> honest and we tell jokes and whatever. Um, and it worked out great, um, and it and it and it got traction um, early on, and you know now we've been doing it for five years. We podcast a lot. We do about five episodes a week, and so just through practice, um, we've all become far better at the the craft of uh, I, I would say of podcasting. But mm. the but the meat of it, the the real meat of it, was our our experience. And knowledge, uh, communicating fitness like we had for years uh, to our clients. Yeah, and it's it is really impressive to kind of see how much things have have grown since then. Personally, I first discovered Mind Pump when I heard you being interviewed as a guest on the Smart Drug Smarts podcast with Jesse Lawler back oh, yeah. in 2016. Oh yeah. And yeah. in that episode, you were discussing how exercise improves cognition and brain function, and mm -hmm. the way you explained things and the analogies you gave really resonated with me. And then I became a fan of Mind Pump as a result of that. So kind of what you touched on there already, uh, what are some of the important lessons on communication that you learned in your years as a trainer and a salesperson that you've carried with you into your podcasting career? Yeah, so um, a big mistake people make when they communicate, and I don't think that they're necessarily uh, cognizant of this, but a big mistake, uh, and this is just, you know, you'll teach salespeople this and you'll teach your trainers that work for you this is, you, your, what is your desired result? So, is your desired result to to end a conversation with someone being right, or mm. is the desired result to help the person and positively influence them to be effective with how you communicate? So, if you just want to be right, then it doesn't matter. You could just tell someone what you think is right, and you can hammer them, and now you've won the conversation, and there you go. 
But if your goal is to positively influence someone and to be able to communicate in a way that's truly effective to where the person really hears what you're trying to say, um, then you have to communicate in a different way. So I'll give you an example. I'll give you a, a real simple example. So let's say you're a trainer and you're talking to somebody about uh, exercise. And so you're trying to, you know, as a trainer, your goal is, is almost always to convince the average person that uh, they need to, uh, you know, exercise on a regular basis and that it's going to benefit their, their entire life. And we know this objectively. I don't think I need to make that argument, right? I think most people know if you exercised regularly um, and you had the time to do it or you made the time to do it, that you would your, your life would improve, generally speaking. You'd feel better. You'd be healthier. You'd have more energy, better mood. Uh, I don't need to make this argument anymore. So, But you're always talking to people about this. And so sometimes what you hear from someone is the following. Sometimes you'll hear somebody say something like, Listen, I, I know uh, exercise is important, but I have three kids, I have a job, I have a mortgage, I have a spouse. Uh, I just don't have a lot of time. My days are packed with work and kids' activities and homework and dinner and housework and all this other stuff, and I just don't have a lot of time. I don't have tons of time to, to dedicate to exercise. Okay, mm-hmm. so the inexperienced <clears throat> trainer might say something like this. They might say something like, okay, well, everybody has the same 24 hours in the day and it's up to you how you use it. And you need to prioritize time. You need to make the time to exercise. And then the time that you dedicate to exercise will give you more time with your other activities because your energy levels will go up, you'll become more productive and blah, 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 blah. So that's the case Mm -hmm. that they'll make. And it's not wrong. It's actually true. It's all accurate. It's very, very true. But what the person on the other side hears is, you don't understand what I'm trying to say. You don't understand me. You don't understand. I don't have any time. You're not empathizing. You have zero idea what I'm trying to talk about. And so now we're going to make this argument about whether or not I can make the time. You don't know my life, so I'm going to argue that I can't make the time. You're going to sit over there and tell me how everybody can make the time. And even if you're right at the end of it, I'm just going to think, you have no idea. You don't know what it's like to be me. You have no idea. You're a trainer. You love fitness. You live in the gym. You have no idea. Mm. So even though you're right, you lose. You're not effective. You're not communicating right. Okay, so the experienced trainer would say something like this. I totally understand. Uh, Sounds like you are very busy, and it sounds like you have a lot of things that are very important. How much time do you think you can realistically dedicate to activity? doesn't matter how little it is, but if you look at your life, you know your life, you know all the stuff that you have to do, how much time do you think you can realistically dedicate? Doesn't matter, even if it's a small amount of time. What is that number? And then the person tells you, uh, I think I can do you know, one day a week, one hour of exercise. And then you know what you say as a trainer? Perfect. Let's work with that. And then you start with that. Now, why is that, why is that more effective? Well, number one, you've gotten them to, make, to take the first step. Number two, you as a fitness professional know, maybe through experience, but you should know that once that person makes, first off, they made that commitment, they made it themselves, something that they said is realistic, they're meeting with you once a week, hopefully it is realistic to them so they can stay consistent, but you also know that if they see you once a week, eventually, as they feel and see the benefits of fitness and exercise, they themselves will make the decision to prioritize more time towards fitness. It's just a far more effective way of communicating. So this is what mm. we do uh, on, this is what we did on the podcast. Very, even when we were inexperienced as podcasters, even if we were terrible on the mics and we, you know, uh, we knew how to communicate very, very well. So, and podcasting leads, it, it is, a, is a great medium for that. Again, because it's long form. I can sit and discuss things to you that, you know, uh, uh, a lot of subjects aren't, are, are things that need discussion and changing your life, uh, which, which is what's required when you're talking about changing your health, um, isn't a, a simple, you know, eat less, move more. You know, here's a simple, you know, here we go. We're going to motivate you. Now you're going to stay motivated for the rest of your life. It doesn't work that way. So mm-hmm. podcasting just it really worked well for us to continue basically to extend what we'd been doing already for so long, which was communicate fitness to people over time and to do it in ways that are effective and eventually, you know, get them to make these changes themselves. And then now they have a, a, a long life, a, a permanent 
fitness and health lifestyle. Yeah, I think that like thinking about how you can communicate as effectively as possible and also the information that you're presenting, you want it to be as accurate as possible. So within the fitness industry, there's a lot of people who tell their audience the kind of things that they want to hear, the six pack shortcuts, the the hacks, the magic diets, all the rest of it. And you obviously took a very different approach with Mind Pump, but I think I, it, potentially there might be a common fear among some podcasters that if they if they stick to the facts in an accurate way, that that will kind of be boring and it will slow the growth of the podcast and they won't get as much traction. But obviously you showed that you still can present the the facts in an entertaining way and you can still have integrity and, yes. and stick to the truth. You, you It might cost you potentially in the short term, but over the course of the years, which is what it takes to build an audience in podcasting, that the the loyalty that you'll, you'll earn from the audience is what will, will kind of bring the well, success eventually. Well, look, you, you okay, you have to learn how to communicate the truth in uh, in effective, um, uh, you know, attractive ways. You have to learn how to communicate the truth in ways where people want to listen. So can the truth be boring? Yeah. But can the truth also be communicated in a way where you're, you're really, you know, ch- shifting people's paradigms, shattering them maybe, getting people to – you know, change how they think about certain things? Absolutely, 100%. Mm-hmm. Look, I'll give you a good example. Do you know who Carl Sagan was? Yeah, yeah, the okay. astronomer. Yeah, so, and he was, uh, he, he did so much for science, uh, especially astronomy, not because he was the greatest, uh, you know, scientist in that field uh, ever, but because he did such a good job getting the average person to, be interested in it. You know, he got a whole generation of kids uh, looking up to the stars and wanting to, you know, get into, you know, astrophysics. I mean, this this mm. is no joke. Milton Friedman, uh, another guy. He's an economist. The economics, uh, economics is boring for most people. But Milton Friedman, you know, in the in the 70s and 60s, you know, he was on talk shows in the 80s too, and he was communicating economics, and he was really getting people to understand because he wasn't lying to people, but he was doing – he was telling the truth – in way he was communicating effectively, and this is what I think. Besides the, you know, the media aspect of podcasting, besides the being able to, you know, have a good sounding show, being able to, uh, you know, uh, talk in a way where the, the show has got good flow and all that stuff, you also need to be able to communicate in a way. And remember your audience. Remember who you're talking to. I think sometimes when we're talking, we think we're we're, we're talking just to our peers, but remember who mm. you're talking to. And it, maybe it is your peers. Maybe that's your that's the direction of your podcast. But if it's not your peers, remember who you're talking to and try to say it in a way to where the person listening goes, okay, that kind of, uh, that kind of makes sense. I'll give you an, I'll give you another example. I'll give you a great example. Okay. Um, I could say to you, uh, l- listen, um, don't, don't work out because you want to change how you look and you want to look really good. Work out because you want to be healthy. Okay. Most people are going to hear that. And objectively, they're going to be like, yeah, that makes sense. I should work out and, and eat right so I can be healthy. You know, and, you know, working out and eating right to, to, to change how I look isn't, uh, you know, isn't as good. But the reality is, what are they going to do? They're going to go to the gym. They're going to work out. They're going to be motivated by changing how they look. And they're going to want to change their diet to change how they look. This is just the reality. And, and the problem is I haven't sold it well enough. I haven't really sold it well enough. So th- what I can say is this. If you are motivated, uh, if your fitness is motivated by the way you look, the decisions you tend to make in the gym and with your diet, more often than not will be the wrong ones. If it's motivated by the way you look and you don't like the way you look, you're more likely to punish yourself in the gym with too much intensity when maybe you shouldn't be training yourself that way. You're more likely to restrict yourself uh, with food because you don't like the way you look. And then because you feel restricted, you are more likely to go on the opposite end, which is then to binge, and you'll go up and down. Your fitness will also go up and down. We can only be motivated by so long by hating how we look and wanting to change how we look. At some point, we think to ourselves, I just want to enjoy life, and I don't want to go through this punishment anymore. Now, if you go and you, and you are motivated by health, you're more likely to make the right decisions in the gym. If you're tired, not feeling so good, you're more likely to go to the gym and say to yourself, I'm going to go easy and take care of myself. If you're taking care of yourself with food, 
then you're more likely to eat healthy and it feels okay because you're nourishing your body. And every once in a while when you have when you go out with your friends and connect over a slice of pizza, you're less likely to feel guilty about it and beat yourself up. So the truth mm. is, if you're motivated by health, you're going to not just get health, you're going to look better and you're going to look better consistently all the time because the decisions you make are more often than not going to be the right ones. If you constantly are motivated by just changing how you look, not only are you going to lose your health, but because your health starts to decline, you're not going to look as good as consistently. So all I did there with what I just said was I just sold you on why you should be more motivated by being healthy than by looking good, right? And what I said mm -hmm. was true. Everything I said was very true. There wasn't a single lie that I told in that entire statement. It's 100% true. Talk to any trainer who's been training people for a long time. People who exercise and eat because they want to be healthy look better more often and are more consistent. It's just a, it's just a better way to go. But all I, what I did is I just communicated it effectively, and I told you the truth. So now I have people listening, and you know what they're saying to themselves? They're agreeing to the long road. They're agreeing to the, to the, to the you know, hey, it's not gonna, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. It's going to take a little longer, but these are the things you can do. People are hearing it, but they're hearing it in ways that are effective. And I think that's – if you really want to be effective at communicating uh, or if you, wanna, if you really want to have a successful podcast, I should say, then you want to focus on communicating effectively. And, and that comes, you know – that comes from telling the truth, but doing it in ways where people really understand. You're really motivating people and, and getting them to, to, uh, to make sense of it. Yeah, I think you touched on it there with Carl Sagan. Like, this is a problem that we commonly see with scientists. Uh, they have all the information, but it's the inability to communicate that people to the right audience in the right way that kind of holds them them back for, from reaching a wider audience with their content. And I think what what you described there is a great example of how to take the message and really sell it. Um, but before we we continue on with the conversation, I, I first just wanted to draw attention to a previous episode of Mind Pump, which is episode number 1197 titled four steps to creating a successful podcast which i think is highly relevant here for obvious reasons mm. and i highly recommend all the listeners of this show go and check it out i'll put the link to it in the show notes and there were a couple of points you raised in that episode that i want to kind of flesh out uh, and explore further in this conversation so firstly i just want to touch briefly on one of the most common misconceptions we see trip a lot of people up when they're thinking about starting a podcast and that's this idea that they can get in a room with a couple of friends set up a few microphones and then goof around for an hour and somehow turn that into a successful podcast so in your view what is it that causes people to underestimate the, the work and the skill involved in, in actually succeeding at podcasting well i think that they listen to you know people will listen to like the most one of the most popular podcasts in the world is the joe rogan podcast and so oftentimes what you hear you know and his, his podcast will go you know two hours three hours and you're listening and it sounds like you know two or three guys hanging out having you know conversation and so you hear that and you go man i could do that you know i could sit down mm. in a room and talk with my friends and you know have a conversation yeah you probably could but you wouldn't be interesting not to a lot of people for two or three hours it's mm -hmm. what they make saints look easy in reality is the result of Lots, years, decades of experience doing stand-up comedy, entertaining people. You know, what they're doing on the microphones, they've been practicing on stage for a long, long time. And what seems, you know, like, oh, that sounds, that, that, you know, that looks easy. It looks easy and it sounds easy to them because they're very experienced. So if, you're, mm -hmm. if, you're, if your idea is to start a podcast and it to be you and your friends having conversation – then you need to be really damn good and interesting at doing that. So you need to be an entertainer, a comedian. You need to be have you need to ha be good at doing that thing. If you're going to get a, just like if I was going to start, you know, if you were going to start a you know, a science podcast, you know, you, you should probably be a scientist. You should probably see, be somebody who uh, who's an expert at whatever the podcast is aiming um, to do. Because mm -hmm. remember, it's it's long form, you know. I mean, I could fake an Instagram post uh, and and come across like I know what I'm talking about on on different subjects. It's really hard to fake an hour podcast, and it's really hard to fake episodes uh, hour after hour of podcasting. Mm -hmm. So 
you and your friends might have, you know, a fun, interesting conversation, you know, once or twice, but now you got to do it every single week and you're doing it for hopefully for years. So, you know, don't think that, oh, I'm just going to get on and go and it's going to be successful unless that's your skill, unless that's something you've been practicing for a long time, in which case I would say, you know, then, then you might have a shot. But, you know, I don't want to discourage people either. I think, you know, I, I like that people try and they go out and do things. But I, I think you should consider that, you know. If, if you don't have an expertise, then maybe your show is about you bringing people on who have that expertise, you know. Think mm-hmm. about that for a second. Consider that before, you know, you think, oh, we're going to get on. We're fun. We laugh. You know, we have a good time, you know. To people on the outside, they're going to be hearing that and be like, you know, they're not in the, they're not in the circle, you know what I mean? It's not interesting to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, like, on kind of on the flip side of that, usually, well, we see a lot of entrepreneurs starting podcasts. And usually when a business person or an entrepreneur starts a podcast, they do have some degree of expertise in whatever their particular industry happens to be. But they, they always tend to state that they're being real and authentic. But then when you actually listen to the podcast, it doesn't really feel authentic at all. It generally sounds like they're trying to give this impression that they're this awesome, super productive person 24-7. So could you maybe give me your thoughts on this kind of, uh, I don't know what to call it, maybe like a cult of, of fake podcast authenticity that seems to be so prevalent within the, the business world? Yeah, well, that's that's just – I mean, that's everywhere. It's not just podcasting. Um, mm. You know, years ago I had a, uh, a a group exercise studio. I had a personal training studio. With, we had, you know, personal trainers and, and nutrition experts. And then I expanded and had uh, a facility with, uh, with where we would do small group type training. And um, I invited a meditation expert to teach classes. So I paid him to teach classes. And it was the first time I had real experience meditating. So I went and took his class, and I really struggled with it. It was really hard for me to 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 meditate. And you know, I, I went up to the instructor, and I said, you know, man, I'm I'm having a tough time doing this. And he goes, well, explain it to me. And I said, well, I'm I'm sitting there and I'm just trying really really hard. And he starts laughing. And he goes, you can't you can't try hard to meditate. Just like <laughs> Just like you can't try to be real or try to be authentic. Like hmm. the very act of trying to be authentic now makes you not authentic. Okay. I know it sounds kind of mm-hmm. weird and a little uh, philosophical, but it's, it's totally true. I think if you want to be authentic, um, authenticity doesn't come from trying to be authentic. Authenticity comes from being confident um, with who you are. Okay. So being comfortable in your own skin. Now, it doesn't mean that you think you're awesome. Uh, it just means that you're okay with people thinking you're not awesome. You're okay with people thinking whatever they are going to think. You're just who you are. Now, you know, when, when I speaking about, you know, our podcast, you know, uh, Adam, Justin, and, 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 uh, and myself, you know, who are the hosts and Doug, we all started this later in life. I mean, we're all now, uh, you know, late thirties, early forties. Doug is, uh, in his fifties. We, when we started the podcast, we were in our mid thirties. All of us had already had, you know, again, decades of experience, uh, you know, working and training people. And I started as a professional trainer at the age of 18. And had we started the podcast at 20, it would have been, it would have come across as, you know, fake authenticity for sure. Hmm. But what you learn as you get older, I think, and through experience, especially if you're somebody that's growth minded, is you just become more comfortable in your skin and I think that's what authenticity is all about. You know, it's 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 being vulnerable. Like, if you're on the pot, you know, uh, speaking, you know, uh, for ourselves, right? Like, we'll we'll talk about why we got motivated to work out, right? Here we are, three, you know, meathead looking, you know, alpha looking dudes. I think people would say, and you know, we talk about how we got we got motivated because we were super insecure about our bodies and we were skinny, and you know, and and we we you know, it motivated us to work out because we didn't want to be skinny anymore we don't like getting picked on or or getting those kind of comments and so you know this kind of conversations requires a little bit of vulnerability we talk about our families and our kids and we give our opinions and you know if you don't like my opinion that's fine I'm okay with that so I think that's where it comes from but that's really hard Um, you can't you can't just say to yourself I'm going to it requires a lot of personal work you know Mm. being being authentic literally means you're just you're just you and you're comfortable with it, and uh, and 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 that kind of comes out. You know, you know it uh, when you see it. You know it when you hear it. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, faking it is just people trying really hard to create the uh, the image of authenticity because I think people are realizing, especially with the way media is now, that real authenticity um, is uh, it can be quite valuable. But I will say this, by the way. Uh, being authentic isn't going to guarantee you success. So I, I don't want people thinking, oh, if I'm mm. just real, I'm going to succeed. No, mm-hmm. not at all. Your, your, your odds of success and failure are, are the same. The difference is if you do succeed, you'll, 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 it'll feel much more meaningful. There'll be more purpose behind it. You'll feel good about it. One of the worst things you could ever do is accomplish success by not being yourself. That's actually mm. torturous. Uh, it's a it's a torturous position to be in. So, doesn't guarantee success. It just means that if you are successful, that you'll be happy in your success. That's all. Yeah, that's good advice. Um, and I think as you touched on the the kind of change in media landscape, and a lot of people are shifting towards podcasting because they they know that it, it is and it can be a powerful marketing tool when it, when it's done right. And it is true. It does have a high conversion rate compared to other forms of media. So how, how would you compare the influence a, a podcaster has over their audience versus the, the influence someone like an Instagram celebrity has over their audience? Because I think when people think about influencer marketing, they often immediately associate it with Instagram, not so much with, with podcasting. Right. So if you could just give me your thoughts on that. Podcasting um, is the most uh one of the most influential i'm I'm thinking you know as i think right now i would say it's probably it's up there with uh with a book it's up there with authors who write books right it's Mm -hmm. it's about as influential um as uh as as someone reading a book would be And, and now the reason for that is it's it's long form conversation if you're if you're listening to my podcast and you listen to just one episode you don't even have to listen to more than one, right? You listen to one episode. You have listened to me make my case for an hour and a half, okay? Mm-hmm. No other media does that, right? Most TV shows are, are 30 minutes, and rarely is it one person making a case unless it's a documentary or something like that. Um, books are very influential, right? If you read a book from someone and you like the book, oftentimes you're, you're, you become a convert. You're like, this person really changed how I think about things. Podcasting is a lot like that. It's long form. It's long conversation. It's hard to fake. And then if you listen to multiple episodes, like if you listen to my podcast for a year, you know you've you've listened to a significant amount of hours of me and my co-host talking about uh, fitness. Um, you start to, you know, if we do a good job, that means you're going to come back. And if you keep coming back, that means you believe what we're saying. You you start to believe what we say. You start to believe in our integrity. You now, if I tell you about a product or if I tell you about a program, the conversion rate is very high because it's more than just a commercial. It's somebody you you. It's almost like you know me. In fact, the the number one comment I get from people who, when I meet them, who listen to the show, the number one comment is they come up to me and they say, "Man, I feel like I know you because <laughs> I've listened to your show for the last." two years. So it's like your friend, you know, imagine your friend who you know and you trust comes up to you and says, hey, do you got to try, like, I know you like protein powders, but you got to try this protein powder over here. It's actually the best one I've ever tried. You're far more likely to take his, his advice. It's your friend, you mm-hmm. know, and you're like, okay, you know, I believe you. Now that does, now that, that also comes with a tremendous amount of responsibility. Um, you know, have integrity. If you're a good podcaster, you have that kind of influence. Um, I mean, we take tremendous steps to vet uh, the people that we work with, and we're very careful about what we promote uh, and how we promote it. Um, you know, the, we don't we 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 know we have a lot of influence, and we want to make sure that if we talk about something or a product, that it's something that we've used, something that we like, that we know the owner, we know the company, and that if our audience follows our advice or takes our you know or suggestion that they're not going to have a bad experience. And then if people do have a bad experience, we discontinue um, our partnership. So it does come with a certain level of responsibility, but conversion rate wise, I mean, a podcast with a hundred thousand, you know, uh, average downloads. I mean, that's worth more than, you know, Instagram pages with millions and millions of followers. I mean, way more. You, you mm-hmm. can convert, you can convert that into a, 
you if you get if you get you know a hundred thousand downloads uh, a day on a podcast, you've got yourself a multi-million dollar business easily, easily, no problem. Mm. You you you've got twenty million followers on Instagram. You know you're you're, you're if you do a great job and you're not a celebrity outside of that, you may be going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars if you really, really, really know how to what you're doing. So the, the conversion rate just doesn't compare. But uh, again, on the flip side of that is you need to know what you're talking about. You know, an Instagram post is easy to fake. You know, hour-long podcasts over and over again. You're, you know, you, you got to know what you're talking about. Yeah, definitely. And I think you, you did touch on it there in the answer that you just gave in, in terms of, well, well, podcast advertising is something that I think you and the rest of the team at MindPump do exceptionally well. Uh, like you mentioned, the brands that you choose to work with are all very carefully selected. And I haven't heard many other podcasters talk about their sponsors as fluidly and as naturally as you do on MindPump, probably down to just it's a good alignment uh, for for your show. But could you maybe take a, give us a bit of a deeper dive in, into your philosophy and your approach when it comes to actually finding the right partners and how you went about deciding how you were going to promote them on the show in this kind of more natural, conversational way? Yeah, so we, well, number one, if we work with a partner, uh, we need to like the company and the people that make up the company. So I don't care how great your your product is or your service, if I don't like the owner and the people running it, uh, I'm not going to want to work uh, with that company. So that's that's mm-hmm. number one. Number two, obvious, we need to like the product. It has to be something that we would use and it has to align with our values and our integrity. And then number three, we have to think it's going to provide value um, to our audience. Do we think this is something that will work for our audience, because we also want to do well for the sponsor. You know, you could have a great product, we could like your product, but we, we, you know, we'll, we may look at it and think, right, this isn't going to do well with our audience. So we don't think we're going to work with you because we're not going to be able to give you your, your, we're not going to be able to give you more than your investment back. That's always our goal, mm-hmm. and we convert very well for our sponsors. We're one of the highest, in fact, uh, for for some of our sponsors, I won't say who they are, but and I won't say what podcasts uh, they compare to, but let's just say it's. Uh, among the largest podcasts in the world, uh, on mm-hmm. a download per download basis, uh, you know, and we share sponsors with with this podcast. Um, we convert at higher rates, uh, much higher rates than they do. Um, mm-hmm. So we're very proud of it. Um, so as far as how we communicate or talk about our our, our sponsors, this was something that um, you know we kind of evolved along with the podcast. Now, now you all, you, number one, you have to be careful, especially as podcasting becomes more popular, because. They're going. They, they're. They're. If they don't require it yet, they will require you telling people that whatever product you're talking about uh, is a sponsor. I know. I know that they're starting to crack down on Instagram. So if I did a post with, you know, a, a protein drink or a supplement or you know a shirt or whatever, I have to s- say that this is a sponsored you know post or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the podcast, the way that we talk about our our products is we integrate them into our normal conversation. Um, now the way that we also, you know, work around the, the rules and let people know that it's a sponsor is that when we do our intro, um, and I talk about the podcast, I mention what we talked about and I do tell people, by the way, they are one of our sponsors. So just to break it down, cause it's kind of confusing if you're, if you're not, if you don't listen to my podcast, when you mm-hmm. listen to the show, uh, it opens up with an intro. So I'll say something like in this episode of mind pump, and I'll tell you, what happened throughout the podcast. And in the beginning of the of our show, uh, before we typically talk about fitness, we tend to talk about current events. We maybe bring up fitness. We talk about studies and that kind of stuff. And it's usually in that segment of the show that will uh, organically bring up um, our sponsors. So we'll have a conversation, let's say, um, and let's say we're talking about, um, let's say, you know, we're, we're just having conversation. And then I read a study that talks about um, how to improve cellular health and how one of the keys of improving cellular health is getting the cells to utilize an energy known as ATP. And I'll talk about that for a second. And then I'll say something like, you know, something else that really boosts ATP production is uh, photobiomodulation or red light therapy. Um, you know, just like the, you know, our partners, you know, Juve, or I use the Juve light, which is a red light that helps do that. And I'll talk about that in the organically in, the, in that segment of the show. So you as a listener can hear how we use the products and can hear us talk about 
our sponsors in very natural ways. But when mm-hmm. you're listening to the intro, I'm saying to you, in this episode of Mind Pump, I talk about this, that, and the other, and I mention how you can boost ATP production by using red light therapy, and our favorite red light therapy company is Juve, and then I talk about our discount code and all that stuff. So that's a unique way that we mention a lot of our sponsors that nobody else that I've heard or a lot of people don't really do that. What most people do is they'll open their show or they'll they'll maybe do in the middle of the show, they'll break the show up and they'll say something like, you know, this episode brought to you by, and we do some of those too, but those commercials are, they don't typically convert as well and we tend to uh, to sell them for less. The the ones that we really do, the, uh, that convert the best that we, I think we've, and again, I haven't seen too many podcasters do this, but definitely not in the fitness space, I haven't seen anybody do this, uh, is where we, we bring it up organically in conversation. That seems to do a lot better. Mm. And tying into this kind of conversion piece and making sure that you know your your audience is responding to whatever message you're you're presenting to them and it's a point you mentioned in that previous episode of mind pump about creating a successful podcast and that's building up a community around your podcast and i think i think you raised the point that you should really focus on taking care of the listeners you already have there there seems to everyone just wants more they acquire more listeners all the time that's where the focus is they want to see growth they want to see the analytics charts going up and then they kind of forget about the people that are tuning in on a regular basis and maybe they're not replying to messages and yeah it's crazy think about it this way okay let's say you opened up a uh let's say let's say i opened up a brick and mortar um you know uh, health and fitness facility so small studio thousand square feet and in there I have, uh, I offer nutrition services, I have personal trainers, and I sell uh, nutritional supplements. Okay, so let's just pretend that I have this brick and mortar store, I paid for it, I pay rent on it, and I'm working in there, and I have employees that work for me. Now imagine in one day, 500 people walk through my door, right? Mm-hmm. That is incredible 500 people in a single day walking into my thousand square foot facility with my personal training services and nutrition and supplements that would be incredibly i mean explosively successful potentially right every person that walked in the door man i would like spend time with them i'd talk to them i'd ask them questions i would pay a lot of attention to each and every one of those people it's 500 real people right Mm -hmm. now let's go to podcasting Oh, I just got 500 downloads. My podcast isn't doing very well. I need to just keep pushing more downloads. You got 500 people who listen to your show. Mm-hmm. That's 500 real people. Stop worrying about, you know, it would be like if I had the 500 people coming into my store and I'm ignoring them and I'm just walking out to the street trying to get more people. What mm-hmm. are you doing? What a terrible, uh, very ineffective approach. Focus on the people that you have. Theoretically, you could turn 500 people you know, if you did, you know, if you did a podcast, if you did three podcasts a week, and each one of them you got five hundred people to listen to your show. That I mean, theoretically, you could, if you sold a you know a, a product for two hundred bucks, you could make a business out of that. Theoretically, mm-hmm. you could make a very successful business out of that. Yeah. So, focus on what you have. Cater to the audience that you have. Make give them tons of value, lots and lots of value. Everybody, the, 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 the show will grow if you do that, but you can build a successful business with a small audience if you show them a tremendous amount of value, if you do a good enough job showing them a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous amount of value. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that you, I, I know you and Adam and Justin, like you'll obviously do these kind of regular AMA sessions on instagram where people can submit questions and stuff like that is is really what builds loyalty and that's why people will keep coming back to your show because they know you are responsive uh, and they feel involved and and part of the process well here look i'll tell you what um what is harder to do get a million people to give you a dollar or get a thousand people to give you a thousand dollars think about that for a second what is objectively more difficult to do I can give you the answer to that. It's far harder to get a million people to give you $1. Very different. Mm-hmm. That's very, very... Go try to build an Instagram page and get a million views and then try to get every single one of them to give you just $1. Good luck. 
doesn't happen very often. It's very, very difficult. I know many people with a million followers on Instagram, and none of them are millionaires. None of them are making a million dollars a year. Now, you can get $1,000 to give you – excuse me, 1,000 people to give you $1,000. Still difficult, far more, far easier. You can find 1,000 people. You could build an audience of 1,000 people who believe in what you have to say so much, who see the, who you've presented so much value to that each one of them is willing to give you just $1,000. That's a far uh, easier, more realistic approach. Still not easy, but far more realistic approach. So – Really focus on the audience that you build. Pre- pre- present them tremendous, tremendous value. Focus on that, um, and your odds of success are much higher. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, look into the, the future of podcasting and where the industry is going. Uh, I've heard you talk previously before about you're excited for the prospect of people being able to tune into podcasts in their cars as easily as they can tune into the radio and also uh, Alexa, smart speakers and all that kind of thing. Um, is there anything else that's catching your eye in terms of what you're excited for as as podcasting as an industry continues to grow and, and develop? Yeah, I think uh, well the listenership continues to grow um, at a pretty fast rate, and you you hit the nail on the head. Um, voice activated um, is uh, you know every, everything's gonna be done through voice. Um, that's already starting to happen. The the you know listening to podcasts in the background because it allows you to do other things. Um, you know that's that's really really valuable. Sponsors and big brands are really moving into the podcast space because they're. It's still the Wild West, it's still tremendous value um, for sponsors, but you know there's not a, 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 there's a lot of podcasts, but there's not a lot of really good ones. And so you're going to start to see the cost of advertising uh, really start to match uh, its conversion uh, power. Um, mm-hmm. And so you know if you have a good podcast, you're, you're going to have a, a very successful business. And so it's starting to it's really the five years that mind pump's been on air, it's changed so much. I mean, five years ago, when I told the average person I had a podcast, it wasn't it wasn't that uncommon for someone to say, "What's a podcast?" <laughs> I, I don't know what a podcast is. I rarely hear that now. I rarely hear that you know from someone today. Um, so, and for us, really, I'll tell you what our strategy was. I'll be honest with you. We looked at the fitness space in podcasting, and we said to ourselves. Let's just get to the top of the fitness space in podcasting, and then let's just stay there. Let's just stay on top. The, the, the growth, the consistent growth of podcasting in general is going to – our show is going to grow right along with it. So because we're at the top of fitness, as podcasting continues to grow, uh, just, just because of that, we're, you know, what do they call it? All, all the rising – you know, uh, rising sea – All ships r- rise with the tide or – I can't Some, remember. Yeah, something like that. Is. Yeah, yeah, so um, you know, just stay here, just stay where we're at, and grow along with it, and that's uh, what's happening. I mean, podcast downloads have grown just across the board. More people listen to them. Uh, big names now are entering into the into the space. People uh, are really working on sound and production. You know, poor sounding podcasts are are becoming you know less and less common. Um, so it's it's, but it's still a great time to get in. Uh, you know, five years from now. 10 years, it's going to be really hard. You know, if, if you're not like big time, uh, you know, in, into production, if you're not part of a, of a big team, it might be more difficult um, to, to break through. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, still today, I would say you can, you can, you can jump in uh, with little experience, do the right things, work hard, build value, and you can build yourself a, a successful business. Yeah, I think um, the New York Times published uh, an article not that long ago, and they were claiming that that we've hit peak podcast and that there's just too many podcasts out there. And I think that that's definitely not true. It's that uh, people are kind of sick of hearing poorly produced podcasts and podcasts that don't offer much value. But there definitely is huge, like untapped pools of of listeners that are, are eager to hear from people who. Uh, are, are invested in delivering value and, and creating a podcast that sounds really good. Totally. Um, so to close out the conversation, I wanted to kind of do a quick Q&A session just to cover off some of the more practical, like nuts and bolts elements of podcasting that we haven't really touched okay. on already. So I've got five questions lined up here. And if you could just give me like a brief response to each one, that would be great. Okay. 
Um, so firstly, when I'm watching episodes of Mind Pump on YouTube, I'll often see you, Adam and Justin, glancing up at a screen that's just out of shot. So what are you actually looking at in that screen uh, in the studio? And how does that help you with your recordings? So what we do um, before we start the show, so let's like say like you know, in about 20 minutes, uh, you know, Adam and Justin will, will, will you know, walk in and and we'll talk about um, the episode that we're about to do. And if it's a, a Q&A episode, we open the episode with current event talk. And so Doug will sit down at his, you know, producer desk and he'll, he, we have a TV screen up, uh, you know, up against the wall that we can all see. Mm. And I'll give him, um, you know, things that I want to bring up. So I'll say, hey, um, put up there, study shows that COVID vaccine will be out in, you know, in three weeks or whatever, right? And he'll put a note. And then Adam will say something, and he'll put a note. And Justin will say something, he'll put And we'll do this. And then we have a sponsor that we need to mention. Oh, Organifi. Oh, you know what? Yesterday I gave the Organifi green juice to my son. Can you put down, you know, green juice son, right? So he writes all these notes. Then he, he also puts the second half of the show is where we answer the questions uh, for you know people who ask us questions. So Doug will write the question up there. So we do, so if we need to, we can look up and remember you know exactly how the person asked the question, or we'll look up and see the notes so we don't forget to cover anything, so that the show has at least some structure. Although we like to keep the flow very natural. Like if you listen to the podcast, you, you can tell we're not reading off mm-hmm. a script, but we do have notes to keep us on track and to give us a little bit of a structure. Um, when I do the intro, as we're doing the show, Doug organizes the notes because sometimes you know we don't always do things in order. So I'll say one thing, Adam will say something else, and whatever. So then Doug will reorganize it so that when I do the intro, I can look at it and make sure that I mention the things as they show up on the show. Now, when we do a a, a more specific single topic episode where we're talking about one thing, like in today's episode, we're talking about you know, how to become a, a, a good podcaster. Or in today's episode, we're going to talk all about, you know, the five keys to fat loss or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we will organize it in an outline with notes and have it up there so that we can organize our thoughts and communicate the podcast in an order that that has at least some structure. And we found that that, uh, that pr- produces a much better show. That's from the that's the, what we've learned through podcasting. That's the media stuff that we've learned because what we did early on was we just turned the mics on and we just started talking, <laughs> which is fine, but a little bit of structure actually uh, makes the show much better, much smoother. Yeah, definitely. Thanks thanks for sharing that. Um, and appearing on a guest, uh, appearing as a guest, sorry, on other podcasts uh, is obviously something you do quite a lot of. You're speaking with me today. Uh, you obviously take time to, to dedicate to that. Uh, every week so is there anything you do uh, maybe if you're going if you know you've got a big interview ahead uh, is there anything you do specifically to prepare to kind of make an impression on listeners to hopefully bring some of them back to mind pump well if I'm going to talk fitness um, I don't really uh, need to prepare much because it's something I've been talking about for you know 20 something years Mm -hmm. Um, if I'm going to talk about other things I'll prepare by you know just reading and getting you know my mind wrapped around my what my argument's going to be and what my conversation is i do though think of the audience that i'm going to be communicating to so uh, you know i was on recently on max lugavere's podcast for example he's got a uh, a wellness podcast large audience and his audience is wellness minded they're about health he has a large female segment of his audience i'd say i would probably guess you know, fifty percent at least, if not sixty percent of his audience is female. So when I'm talking about you know health and fitness, I'm I know I'm talking about people who are wellness minded, but not necessarily fitness experience. So I'm going to make sure I communicate with more layman's terms. I'm going to sell it in ways that might be more attractive to them. Um, I'm going to make sure I I talk. You know, if I'm talking about a subject that I relate it to his female audience. So I do pay attention to that. Like if I, you know, when I was on smart drug smarts, you know, you mentioned the, the, the first interview I did a long mm-hmm. time ago, you know, I, I made sure to uh, gather my thoughts around how I would communicate fitness to an audience that's in uh, really interested in cognitive performance. You know, they're not necessarily uh, interested in improving their strength or their endurance or getting lean or building muscle. Although generally a lot of people are interested in that. That's not why people tune into his podcast. 
So I just wrap my mind around, you know, how I would communicate uh, what I was going to say to somebody who that's what they're interested in, you know. Mm. Um, so that's that's kind of what I do. And, you know, here's the other thing, too. Um, you, you know, podcasting and being interviewed and interviewing others, those are all skills. And the best way to get better at a skill is to practice it. There's nothing can replace that, really. So. Mm-hmm. One thing that I one thing I, I decided to do, uh, you know, years ago uh, on the podcast was um, prioritize and take as many interviews as they possibly can. If somebody want, I don't care if you want to interview me and your podcast has you know one show or you haven't even aired your show, right? Mm-hmm. If I can make it fit in my schedule, I'll get on your podcast. And the the benefit to me is. It lets me practice being interviewed and get good at being interviewed and practice my uh, my arguments, practice the you know how I communicate certain things, how I can you know answer certain questions, you know just get better at being interviewed. Um, and so I, I, that's one thing that I recommend as well. Like you're not gonna, I used to train salespeople this way. Like you know how am I going to get better at sales? Go out and try and get a bunch of people to say no to you. Like keep practicing over and over again, and that's the best way to do it. So. Um, for sure. If you're a podcaster, uh, you know, we, we came up with the term podcast hard. It basically just means practice, <laughs> practice, 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 uh, as much as possible. Yeah. More reps. That's it. Um, so when it comes to sound quality, obviously it's something that a lot of people who are thinking about starting a podcast that's on their mind. So what, what's the general advice you give to podcasters who are just starting out when it comes to sound to make sure that they're not offending people's eardrums? So this is uh, not my area of expertise. This is what Doug does. But one, you know, this is what I've heard him communicate um, many times. A good microphone is important, okay? There's a lot of good microphones out there and they're they're not super expensive. Technology's now uh, gotten us to the point where you know you could buy a decent one, and you're not going to spend thousands of dollars, right? So a good microphone. Mm-hmm. But what people forget is the room that they're in. Doug really, in the early days of podcasting, you know, we did the first you know episodes in his living room, and we would show up to his house, and he'd have uh, furniture covered in blankets. He <laughs> he would drape thick blankets around like on the walls and over the windows and we'd be like in a, a, a tent essentially, yeah. you know, podcasting. And it, that's what makes the sound good. It's the room, the microphone, mm. you know, it, yeah, it plays a role, but, but, uh, again, you could go on Amazon, spend a couple hundred bucks and you'll have a good mic. You'll have a good mic and it'll make good sound. It's the room that you're in. You know, you want to have s- soft furniture. You want to have carpet. You want the walls to have, Either soundproof tiles or sound, you know, deafening tiles or blankets on the ceiling. You don't want to have any flat, hard surfaces. Make that's what makes the biggest, biggest difference. I mean, we we just built a new studio at it. We have a we have a house up in the Tahoe area, and we built a small studio in the uh, in the garage so we could record up there. And uh, I mean, we 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 put the you know the tiles or whatever the soundproofing tiles all over everything, and it's a small room. And the sound up there is even better than our super expensive studio that I'm in right now. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think it's something that is easily overlooked. People kind of get caught up in the microphone side of things and then they don't give much thought to the environment, uh, which which is important too. Totally. Um, difficult at the moment with the lockdown, but I suppose you could just have to do what you, like like what Doug did. You can improvise and kind of do what you can to, oh, my, to cover up the walls. A friend of mine started a podcast and he did it in his closet. He has a, he has a uh, like a like a walk-in closet, not huge, but just big enough to where you could sit in a chair, uh, small like dinner tray type desk that he put a blanket over with his mm-hmm. mic. The floor was carpet. There's already clothes kind of in there. He left a lot of them in there. And then he just put blankets. He put like a blanket over the, the ceiling, uh, you know, and a blanket over the, the wall that was exposed. Yeah. And the sound was great. Sounded like it was a professional studio. Yeah, it can be done. Um, so the last question I have is just related to how podcasters should think about titling their episodes, because I think that is something that's really important when you're considering how you're going to acquire new listeners. What do people see when they land on your feed? What are your episode titles? I know at Mind Pump, you kind of have long titles, which list out all the different 
topics that you touch on within the episode, but just any general advice on how to kind of entice people into checking out your episodes if all they have to go on is the title. Yeah, so, you know, you definitely want to have a a title that'll catch someone's attention, but don't get too caught up in, you know, um, clickbaity type stuff. It It needs to accurately represent what's in the show because... You only get away with that for so long. Um, you know, mm-hmm. listeners will listen to your show, you know, and, you know, at some point they're going to be like, this is, you know, this is clickbaity. <laughs> this doesn't really represent yeah. what's going on. Um, so think about that. But you want to put typically in the title the what's the benefit? You know, what what is in this podcast that's going to benefit the person that's listening? Um, so, you know, we could do a whole episode about burning body fat and I could title the episode – you know, you know, uh, fat burning episode, or I could title the episode, you know, three important keys to burning body fat or something like that. Right. So now I'm, uh, I'm reading the title and I'm like, oh, okay, I know I'm going to come away with three things that are going to help me with, you know, burning body fat. Like that would be an effective mm. title. Like, um, be careful with using current events to, I know right now COVID and coronavirus are big. So people are putting in all their titles. That's fine. Just make sure that it's 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 really what you talk about in in your podcast, so that it actually makes sense. Um, so, so that's 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 all important stuff, but it's not gonna it's not more important than the actual quality of your show and the things that you say in the podcast. That's that's the most important thing. Yeah, nice. Uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. As a fan of Mind Pump, it was a, a real pleasure to speak with you, and I'm glad that I've got my maps anywhere program to get me through the rest of this <laughs> lockdown period awesome i'm glad it could help you thank you for having me on thanks for listening everyone if you enjoyed this episode please share it with the other podcasters or aspiring podcasters in your life or alternatively leave it a review and a rating on apple podcasts or wherever you get your shows to keep the algorithms happy that's it from me and i'll see you next time